Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Word inspiring our meditation this Sunday is a verse from our Gospel, John 12, 21. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Dear fellow children of God. Back in the old days, it was not so common for pastors to reach a certain age, retire, and move away from the congregations they had been serving. A large part of it was that they simply could not afford to. Some of it was a lower life expectancy. And some of it was that no one retired that way at the time. And some of it was just the power of what was customary. What this meant then is that it was fairly common for pastors to die in office. And this was especially true when disaster and disease made it much more likely for pastors like everyone else to die young. And if you visit the cemeteries next to older churches, you will often find that the congregation honored its pastor with a gravestone that reflected their appreciation for him and his service. One of the Bible verses that a pastor would probably most want placed on that stone, though of course he would never get to see it, is a line from Jesus' parable of the talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. But technically, that's something that could go on any Christian's grave. Because the doctrine of vocation makes clear that we serve God in whatever roles that he has called us to. But there is another verse from Scripture that would carry even more meaning for a faithful pastor's tombstone and sadly would not be appropriate for every pastor. I actually saw it uh, in a churchyard uh, on a grave in a churchyard in Jackson, Wisconsin, where I was preaching one Sunday when I was in seminary. It's a slight adaptation of Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. He knew nothing among us except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because there is nothing more important for a pastor's teaching and preaching and even for all of the other aspects of his service to a congregation. Christ belongs at the center of it all. And Jesus should be seen in all of the words and works that are done in his name. A faithful servant of the Lord will follow the example of Philip and Andrew, as reported in our Gospel. And some Greeks... Strangers, Gentiles, who would not previously have had a chance to know him, said, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Those disciples made sure that they saw Jesus. And the lives and words of all of the apostles after Pentecost make it clear that they understood this to be the number one purpose of their calling to show Christ and Him crucified, not just to those who have not yet seen and believed, but also 
again and again to those who have already believed because we all need to be pointed to our Savior again and again for faith and life. But letting people see Jesus is not just a responsibility for, for pastors and, and, and professional Christians. It is a calling every Christian shares and a mission that defines every truly Christian congregation. I could now point you to various verses of Scripture that make this point, but, but you have you've heard them before. You know them. Let me instead use a negative example. Imagine how shameful it would be if at po some point someone visited this church, listened to the sermons, the hymns, and the liturgy, and then talked to the people and got to know something about their lives. And then, after a few Sundays, asked, So, who is this Christ person that your church is named after anyway? You would know then, or should, that something is drastically wrong. If someone were to come here and not see Jesus. Because that is the most important thing. Period. For unbelievers and believers too. Seeing Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the world's and every sinner's Savior. And there is no other hope for heaven, forgiveness, peace, or true joy. Having a nice life is good. Being kind is important. Serving others is important. Helping the poor, the sick, the oppressed, the homeless, the despondent, the troubled, all these are important. But if we do good for needy people without showing them how their greatest need is met in Christ and at His cross, then we have merely helped them on the way to hell. And if we busy ourselves with promoting brotherhood among believers or, or teaching practical lessons about how to live your best life now, well, those things may get good results. We are not nurturing anyone's faith, not giving them the one thing needful, not focusing their hearts and minds where they most need to be focused. So whoever, whenever, wherever, let them see Jesus. And the time for this is always now. We, we see the urgency in our gospel today. Note how many times Jesus says now and how he refers to this hour. He knew that at that point he was only days away from the fulfillment of his mission to save sinners. His cross was just around the corner. But still, he was concerned with making sure that the crowd and the Greeks that Philip and Andrew brought to him, making sure they all saw him and saw him not just as a teacher or a miracle worker, 
saw him as the one who would be lifted up and draw all people to himself, not to gain earthly glory, but to gain them eternal life. He would be glorified by dying for us and rising again to give us life. This is why Jesus came. As our reading today from Hebrews said it, after he was brought to his goal, after he made it to the cross, he's died there. He became the source of eternal salvation for everyone who obeys him. And our reading earlier from Isaiah 43 made clear that God was willing to pay any price to rescue sinful people from their bondage to sin and death and to save them from the suffering that was due them for their disobedience. That price was his own son, Jesus. And we are the desperate sinners he was sent to deliver. Without him, we would be facing death and damnation. A just sentence to hell for all the evil we have done and all the good we failed to do. The sneering contempt directed at our spouses the disinterest in the things of God and, and the obsession with the things of men, the prioritizing of sports and leisure over the Word of God, the opportunities wasted to show love to our neighbors, and so, so much more. Without Christ, we would have no hope because there is no way for us to undo our guilt or pay for it with anything but our lives or in any way make it go away. But with Jesus, there is salvation. God gave us His only begotten Son so that we would not perish but have everlasting life because He loved the world and loved each of us that much. Christ explained it Himself in our verse of the day. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. And there is never a time when that message is not needed Never a time when the, when the cross should be obscured or when we should not let people see Jesus. This is our calling today and it will be your calling tomorrow and every day to come. Look at the mission statement of, of Christ Lutheran Church. Is it there? It is. Not in so many words, but it is clear that if this congregation carries out its mission, people inside and outside will see Jesus. So pray and work to have that happen and to fulfill your purpose today, tomorrow, until there is no one left to show Jesus to. I certainly hope None of this sounds unLutheran to any of you. The three solas of the Reformation, grace alone, faith alone, Scripture alone, would all be meaningless if they were not also 
all about pointing to Jesus as the sinner's only hope of salvation and as the source of both our life and, and all of the wisdom, knowledge, and strength we need for our lives as believers. Much of Martin Luther's work could be explained simply as attempting to strip away, using the truth and power of the Bible, to strip away all the wrong ideas and false teachings of, of medieval Catholicism that had hidden Jesus, the real, loving, saving Jesus, that had hidden him from the people, stripped them away so that everyone could then see Christ as he truly is and rely on what he really came and suffered and died and rose for. That is also the basic purpose of the type of witnessing that we call apologetics and that you know I have some interest in. That's often defined as defense of the faith. Too many Christians then think of apologetics as training for the wrong kind of conflict. But proper apologetics is not about winning the culture war, making our country Christian again, or about winning arguments with unbelievers. Instead, it's about winning souls. And that can only be done with the gospel. So the goal of apologetics is always to get a conversation, even if it's an argument, to get it to Christ. To give the reason for the hope that we have, which means letting them see Jesus. This is something important to remember when it comes to hot-button issues in our society, now or ever. I know of some pastors and churches that have recently become deeply involved in some matters that are more political or medical. And though they put a Christian veneer on top, they've gone beyond being distracted from their mission. They've even begun attacking other Christians and pastors who disagree with them, sometimes with very harsh words. And while the issues may indeed be very important, what has happened to their witness for Christ? Are their obsessions getting in the way for their members and especially for outsiders of people seeing Jesus? On Friday, Christian Life Resources issued a position statement on vaccinations with special attention to the COVID-19 vaccines. Although I had little to do with writing it, I am pleased, proud to be associated with it because of the care that it takes to put everything in the context of our Christian witness. We want people to see Jesus, not just a statement on a contentious issue. So that's the way that you can judge me and my ministry here these last almost 21 years. It's the way you can judge any pastor who has ever or will ever occupy this pulpit. Did he show us the Savior? Does he let us see Jesus? And is it the real Jesus? The one Scripture tells us about. 
Does he teach all the truth, even the hard stuff, without fantasy or opinion or presuming to judge the Lord and his word? And it is something to guide your work and your words and thoughts and prayers and work as well. It's the mission that God has given you. And when someone visits this church or asks you a question, or even when people just come near enough for you to show them, you will make sure that there are no distractions and no obstacles getting in the way. And you will point, and you will shout, and you will eagerly lead them by the hand and say, Here! Here He is! This is Christ your Savior! See Him. Trust Him. Be loved by Him. And live. Let them see Jesus. Amen. Please rise. To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His own blood and made us a kingdom and priests to God His Father, to Him be the glory and the power forever. Amen.